It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. My name is Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. Happy Thursday to you all. This is the October 4th edition of the show. I'm going to be talking some BYU football and BYU basketball today. Need to talk a little bit about personnel notes with injuries and other concerns for the football program. Get a comment from Kalani Sitake on that that he made on local radio yesterday. We'll also preview BYU Basketball Media Day, which takes place later this afternoon in Provo. And then we'll also get to some additional notes on the the statistical differences between the Utah State Aggies and the BYU Cougars. That's all coming up here on Locked on Cougars. Once again, thank you for taking the time to download the podcast. It's a blast to bring it to you guys each and every day. Hopefully you guys are having a great Thursday wherever you are, wherever you're tuning in from. And one thing I've I, I always liked, so David Locke, of course, ho- host of Locked On Jazz, the godfather of the Locked On Podcast Network. You hear him on multiple ch- shows throughout the network. He had a fun thing where he called it pins across the world, where people listening to the show would weigh in and tell him, hey, I'm so-and-so from this place. I listened to the show. This is how I came to find it. Just their background. I'd like to do something similar. If you guys want to weigh in and let me know where you're tuning in from, no matter if it's Orem, Utah, or Uzbekistan, I want to hear from you guys. I want to know a little bit about your background. So feel free to email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. You can reach out on Twitter as well to the show, Locked On Cougars, or my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. My DMs are always open on Twitter. You can reach out to me that way. You also can go to the community page on Facebook, Locked On Cougars, and weigh in there. I'm not going to call it pins across the world. I'm going to call it like getting to know you segment and we'll highlight people. If you want to be highlighted on the show, please reach out. I'd love to do that. All right. uh, Now that that's out of the way, some news podcast wise is that Spotify uh, brought a platform that a lot of you have been asking about if if Locked on Cougars was going to populate there. Good news. It is there. It is available now on Spotify. So thanks to all of you who have been patient with us as we build up the podcast in the first place and now we're expanding out to these other platforms it's a new world we're able to get the word out to more people please continue to share the podcast and the good news is those of you that are spotify listeners now have the podcast available to you you can catch the show on your your home um, your speaker systems the alexas the google voice etc just say play podcast locked on cougars and it should look it up for you spotify will help with that quite a bit so that's just some news for you those of you that are spotify listeners normally can now find the podcast there all right let's dive in kalani satake joined hans olsen and scott gerard on the zone sports network in salt lake city yesterday of course those of you that don't know i think most of you do know my day job is that I work for the Zone Sports Network, 97.5 FM, 1280 AM in Salt Lake City as a producer. I produce David James and Patrick Kinahan's long-running show, DJ and PK in the Morning. 
So Hans and Scotty are dear friends of mine. They had a chance to catch up with Kalani and get his thoughts on this Utah State game. Also talk a little bit about his team as well. And he had some. He had an interesting thought on the injured players currently for the Cougars. We know of two of them for sure. Diane Gonwoluku has been injured since the Wisconsin game. Has been slow to return, and also Zane Anderson. He's been out since uh, also since Wisconsin, if I recall correctly. And a lot of questions have centered around if those two guys who are starters for BYU and are critical cogs in the defensive scheme BYU likes to run when they'll return. Kalani said earlier in the week he is hopeful they could return. He reiterated the same thing as Scott Gerard, but it was also a question asked, and I've had a couple people ask me about this as well, about Squally Canada. I can report to you guys that Squally Canada did not practice on Tuesday during the afternoon. Their practices for BYU were afternoon slash evening practices. They were not, he was not in pads. He had his jersey on, but he was not out there running drills. I don't have an update as of yesterday. You'll hear Coach Satake talk about the fact that uh, yesterday's practice, Wednesday, was a critical one to kind of gauge where guys stood. The way I, I understand it is BYU, when it comes to injuries, the player needs to be able to practice at least the day before the game to, pre- to play. That would indicate that those three players need to be on the field today in advance of the game against Utah State tomorrow. Of course, the day before a game normally is a little bit lighter practice, but they want to see these guys out on the field and prove that they can hold up in practice before they put them into a game. One other guy to note is my hashtag sources down there at BYU indicated that Michael Shelton, the starting cornerback for BYU, the lone senior in that cornerback group, was in street clothes on Tuesday, and his status for Utah State is also up in the air. So that is four starters, one on the offensive side and three on the defensive side in the secondary. And spare me, the Zane Anderson's a linebacker. I get that, but his job, his position at flash linebacker is more of a hybrid safety linebacker role. So I actually considered almost a fifth defensive back in BYU's base system. So I three potential defensive backs and your star running back all up in the air as to their status on tomorrow night for tomorrow for tomorrow night's game, excuse me if I can speak correctly. Kalani Satake talked to Hans Olsen and Scott Gerard, and here's what he had to say about the injuries in particular and what it would take to get guys back on the field. Right now, I'm just telling you straight up, we're hoping that they can play. It's not definite, you know, and so we're hoping in the next 48 hours they can they can uh, improve, but um, that's not definite. Although um, some of them are practicing, not all of them, but we'll 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 see. Probably have more of an idea later on this afternoon when we practice. But um, yeah, we're 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 a better team when those guys are on the field because of their experience, but. Talent-wise, we feel like the other guys that are filling in are doing good too. They're just um, that was a tough experience in Washington, but hopefully they can use that experience and the mistakes that they made and grow from it and, and have their opportunity against Utah State. So um, injuries are part of the game, you know. We just uh, that's why we need to rely on our depth so much, and especially when you're playing tough teams uh, early on. For us, that, that, that that's going to test our depth, and uh, now our depth will be tested. But there's a lot of players and a lot of teams that are dealing with injuries and depth uh, as well. So we feel better about our depth this year than we did last year, and we'll find out uh, when we take the field on Friday. There you go, Kalani Sitake talking about these injuries. 
It'll be interesting to see if the, any of those four guys or all four of those guys, if they suit up on Friday, BYU could use any combination of them because, like I said, you can't go down four starters against a high-powered offense like Utah State has and expect to have success. So I think the the more critical of the group are those three defensive players. Lopini Katoa has proven he's starting to take over a lead-back role for the BYU offense. So if Squally Canada is not good to go this week. I would sit him out, let him have a week off, and let Lopini Katoa and let him really just kind of run things. Let him take care of business. And I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's Friday night's going to be interesting. Two other notes for you. Mo Longi is out for the year with a season-ending injury. The big uh, defensive tackle from Tonga, of course, very raw. We all know the story. Hadn't played football. Um, he is out for the year with an injury. So he is his progression has been stunted further after he lost last year to injury as well. Uh, we'll see if he gets a medical hardship, but he already had one last year with the injury he suffered a year ago. It was a knee injury last time. I don't remember what this year's was and if it's been reported at all, but I know it's a season-ending deal. So we'll see what he does in terms of his future. Still a long ways away from seeing the field, even though he is quite the curiosity when it comes to BYU fans. And also one other note for you, Isaiah Heron, a freshman cornerback out of the Las Vegas area, showed very well early this season. He picked up an injury, and it's looking like he is not likely to go this week at minimum. I would guess it's probably later on this month in October before we see Isaiah Heron again. I know he said on social media, I'm going to be back soon, or maybe it was this week, but word on the street is that he is out for at least this game. So there you go, some injury updates and personnel notes for BYU. Hopefully um, they can stay healthy. They have the bye week coming up here in a couple of weeks, and that'll help quite a bit. But they've got to get through these games, and they can't afford to have a letdown against Utah State. Kalani Sitake also on with Hans Olsen and Scott Gerrard as we transition here. Also talked about what the rivalry means to him and his team with Hans and Scotty and explains a little bit about how he has seen this rivalry reignite in his time coaching. So here you go, Kalani Satake with Hans Olsen and Scott Gerrard about the Utah State battle for the old wagon wheel rivalry. Well, I mean, it's it's an important game to all of us, you know. I, I think when when um, I think maybe the 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 move of when Gary Anderson took over there and um, had some success, and then seeing what Matt Wells has done and being able to take over from from that, and and, and uh, what is what is where the program has come from, you know, uh, it's really fun to see and see all the great success I've been through there, and um, all the guys that have worked really hard to make that place work, and and for for me, I mean. For for us, it was a, it was always a rivalry game because we knew uh, the people on the field, you know. And so uh, there's no change here. We know we know we're familiar with them, and we consider them a rival. That's always been the case for us, and uh, we're, we're excited to share the field with them and compete with them, and have a lot of respect for that program, those coaches, the players, and uh, know a lot of them through recruiting and, and just through football itself. But just being able to compete against them, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. And and, and um, this game, I, there's not much I have to say to our players. Our players are ready for this game and they're amped up for it, just like I know Utah State is. So this is nothing that I have to really give some kind of speech. The guys know how important it is. They were talking about it when we're getting on the plane um, coming back from Seattle. So uh, this is an important game to all all of our guys, our fans, and, and definitely important to our team. There you go, Kalani Sitake. 
That wagon wheel means a lot to Utah State and BYU. It's an awesome trophy, let's be real. An old school wagon wheel. It's got the game dates, scores um, plastered all over it. Utah State has housed it. They'll be bringing it to Provo with them, hoping to take it back to Logan. And BYU will be hoping to take it back. And just to give you guys kind of a heads, uh, not a heads up, just an idea of how dominant BYU was in this rivalry. I grew up going to the Marriott Center for almost every home game BYU basketball played for a long stretch of my childhood. And I would go to these games and in the corner, one of the corners of the Marriott Center, close to where my um, grandparents and parents had season tickets, was this display case. And there was this old wagon wheel that always sat in there. You know which wagon wheel I'm talking about. It's the battle for the old wagon wheel. It was always in there. It never left. And that just shows how dominant BYU was in that era. And since Lavelle Edwards really turned the tide against the Aggies, well, it's a new era of this rivalry. If Utah State wins, as I've previously noted on this show in previous days, that'll be four wins in nine seasons or four wins in in nine games for the Aggies. That's definitely a rivalry, and it would be the first back-to-back wins if they do it this year since 1973 and 1974. So some history on the line for BYU tomorrow night. All right, we'll take a timeout here. We'll come back, talk a little bit about Utah State, not Utah State. We're going to talk about Utah State in the third segment. Next is BYU basketball. We're going to talk about Dave Rose's team. They're holding their annual media day at the BYU Broadcasting Building later this afternoon. We'll give you a little bit of a preview next. That's coming up. Real quick, today's show brought to you by Vivid Seats. Of course, Vivid Seats is a is an online ticket marketplace that's dedicated to helping fans of live entertainment get experiences that'll last them a lifetime. Vivid Seats allow listeners to watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. You can get tickets to your favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. And of course, Vivid Seats offers great prices and and an easy purchasing experience. They're offering a promo code to Locked On Podcast listeners including Locked On Cougars, where listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if they are a first-time customer of Vivid Seats by using the promo code Locked On. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, use that promo code Locked On to receive that $20 off your first order of $200 or more. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by their 100% guarantee, so check it out, guys. That's Vivid Seats. Go download that app, check it out. $20 off your first order of $200 or more more as a new customer using the promo code locked on once again vivid seats using the promo code locked on more next this is locked on cougars the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily source for all things BYU Cougars. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast. Now available on Spotify. Of course, previously has always been available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Essentially anywhere fine podcasts can be found, we are there. Please download the show, rate and review. The rating and review, I'd get 
that I ask you guys to do this quite often, but it really does make a difference. I believe, at least on iTunes, we're over 40 reviews. It has helped immensely with the popularity of the podcast, so please continue to do that if you don't mind. If you are new to the show, thank you so much for taking the time to check it out. Hopefully, you guys find it to be of worth, your daily one-stop shop for all things BYU athletics news that you need to know. Of course, later today, I'll be down at BYU, BYU football holding their annual media day for basketball, and... Give me an interesting press conference. Dave Rose will sit down with the media. We had a chance to actually meet with him last week with their first day of practice. This will be more of a formal press setting at the BYU Broadcasting Building. He'll be at a, a dais on camera, etc. And there are going to be some interesting questions asked. Of course, if you remember back in the summer, Jeff Call and Jay Drew were at Tom Homo's uh, comments during BYU Education Week. This is actually during fall camp. And he talked about, with the BYU basketball program, the news had come out earlier in the year that Nick Emery, BYU's shooting guard, will miss nine games for his role in an NCAA case that saw him take improper benefits. But Tom Homo, BYU's athletic director, also acknowledged that there could be NCAA sanctions coming to the BYU basketball program, and those wouldn't be resolved until later in the year. I wonder if that means postseason ban type of stuff. We'll be sure to ask Dave Rose about this and see if there's an update today, but I am curious as to when this will come down because BYU tips things off in terms of their exhibition season later this week before starting the regular season early November, November 6th against Nevada. So we're about a month away, and the NCAA ruling, I believe, is supposed to come somewhere between now and then. We'll ask for an update on that today. So we will see if they announce anything maybe first off, but we'll also ask about it. Uh, talking last week with the players, a lot of talk about maybe more of an up-tempo system with more guards on this roster than actual size, especially in the light of Ryan Andrus being forced to medically retire. Dave Rose essentially said he likes the idea, and you heard on the podcast last week when I talked about this, he likes the idea of having a four-guard lineup at times that forces other teams to go small and defend BYU. He feels like he's got guys who can play in that four-guide lineup who have size that give, him, give them an advantage. I'm speaking of guys like Yoli Childs who could play the five spot in those four-guard lineups and continue to allow them to play pick and roll, etc. But also Gavin Baxter. I don't know how... I, how why um, people aren't talking about this kid more. Four-star prospect out of Timview High School. I get that he's back from an LDS mission, and normally it takes some guys some time to adjust, but I am very, very high on Gavin Baxter's ability. I'm of the opinion that he is the best NBA prospect currently on BYU's roster. That includes Yoli Childs. That includes Nick Emery, TJ Hawes. Throw whoever you want at me. I'll take Gavin Baxter as the guy that has the NC, the NBA measurables. Six foot nine, a wingspan over seven feet, can jump out of the gym. Yeah, that's an athlete BYU can utilize, especially in a smaller lineup. We'll see. I'm interested to hear what Dave Rose has has to say today after a week's worth of practices. If his opinion on this roster has changed at all, we'll be talking to him about that as well. A couple of the notes for you here. Jerem Jordan, who is the host of BYU Sports Nation, a close friend of mine, does a 
fantastic job on BYU TV. If you guys don't check out the show, I would do it. They get access that I can only dream of. And it's not me being jealous. I'm just speaking truth. They get access working in-house with BYU Athletics that we can't get as the quote-unquote outside media. But Jerem Jordan had a very interesting tweet this morning. Actually, two. I'll, I'll, I'll read both of them. So his first tweet said, what if I told you, and he did this in, this in the vein of a ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, what if I told you dot, 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 a college basketball team has a coach that wins 25.3 games a year on average, and that team has six four-star players on that roster according to the ESPN rankings. He says, he asked the question, that's an NCAA tournament team, right? Why don't we expect BYU basketball to make the tournament? And they also follows it up, should we? And they said they're going to discuss this on BYU Sports Nation. I am recording this while this show, while their show is on air. So I'm going to answer the question on my podcast. Jerem, if you want to respond, feel free. Hit me up on Twitter. And any of you that are listening can hit me up as well. But there are six guys on the roster that are eligible to play this year in his follow-up tweet that are four-star prospects. Jesse Wade is the seventh guy who is a four-star prospect, but he will sit out this year after transferring from Gonzaga. The other six that can play this year are Nick Emery, Yoli Childs, Connor Harding, Gavin Baxter, who we just mentioned, TJ Hawes, and Colby Lee. I'm of the opinion that if recruiting rankings are worth anything, and I actually do subscribe to the theory that recruiting rankings are getting better and they are a better indicator of talent and what fans should expect, if half of your roster, seven players, let's say a 15-man roster, are four-star prospects, you should be an NBA, not an NCAA tournament team, excuse me, and there should be an expectation for BYU basketball to make the tournament. I already believe that the expectation from fans is that Dave Rose's team should be a tournament team each year. I'm not saying that it hasn't had that expectation. That's always existed in my opinion. But with six guys who are eligible to play this year who are four-star prospects in high school, and this is ESPN's rankings and 24-7 sports or rivals I believe would have similar numbers, BYU fans should expect it. They should expect that BYU is going to be a tournament team this year. They should expect BYU should be a tournament team each year. They haven't done it, and it's been they've woefully underperformed relative to their talent base. I'm interested to hear what Dave Rose has to say about that. If it's not asked today, I will ask it and ask him, you have all the all this talent rostered on your team. Should the expect where are the expectations for your team supposed to lay and what do you have in your mind as realistic ex- expectations? Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what your realistic expectations are for BYU basketball. Should this be an NCAA tournament team? Are we asking too much of Dave Rose and his staff? I don't think we are. That's just my opinion. Hit me up at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. The show is at Locked on Cougars. Search us out on Facebook, Locked on Cougars there. And also you can drop me an email anytime, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, we will take our final time out here on the show. Come back, wrap things up with some additional notes on the BYU-Utah State rivalry. Um, some statistical notes I wanted to get to in particular. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. 
See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked on Cougars. All right, as we wrap things up today, I wanted to note a couple of things that BYU fans have been sounding off on Twitter. I had a person actually send me a question, and I apologize. I was unable to find the tweets. Whether it's been deleted or I just missed it when I was trying to look it up, I apologize to whoever asked this. Feel free to reach out to me, and I'll give you credit on tomorrow's show. Um, the one stat that was reached that was tweeted out to me is saying that BYU is 115th in sacks on defense. And they the insinuation was that the blame lies with Elisa Tuiaki and that BYU needs to move on from their defensive coordinator. It was, it, they extrapolated beyond that, but the 115th in sacks, I get it. There's some frustration there. And I'm not going to lie. I believe the coaching staff is also frustrated with this. They're just as frustrated as you are with those sack numbers. The good news is BYU's defense overall is actually rated decently comparative to the fact that they've played four power five teams in the first month of the year where a lot of the teams are that are in conferences in particular are playing their non-conference schedule against G5 or FCS teams. So a couple of stats to kind of offset that sack number, which don't get me wrong, sacks for BYU definitely need to go up. They need to be better than 115th. And Kalani Satake and Elisa Tuiaki have both expressed that. They understand it. They understand that it needs that number needs to improve. But a couple of stats I think that go into uh, BYU's favor currently are scoring defense. BYU is ranked 35th in the country in scoring defense. Let's be honest. As we've said with Aaron with Aaron Roderick, what does he think of stats? Stats are for losers. Yes, stats are for losers. There's only one stat, let's be real, that really matter to BYU fans. The score on the board at the end of the game. You want your team to have more points than the other team. BYU scoring defense currently 35th in the conference. 35th in the country, not conference. They're not in a conference. They're an independence independent program. What are you saying, Jay Catch? What's wrong with you? But that's a good number for BYU. To be in the top 40 in scoring defense means you're, you've held your opponents to relatively small numbers. And let's be honest, they have. They haven't had a team cross the 30-point threshold against them. Utah State might threaten that coming in with the number four scoring offense in the country tomorrow night. But BYU is performing relatively well there. Another stat for you. Um 43rd inter- interceptions. So BYU in the top half of the country interceptions. Passes defended though, 104. So they're not getting a lot of pass breakups, but they're getting more interceptions. That can be improved. Forced fumbles, they're top 50 at 49th. So the good news is from those two numbers is BYU is getting turnovers. They're forcing teams to turn over the ball. BYU remains in the plus category when it comes to overall turnover margin on the season. The two games where they've turned it over and granted, okay, you had one turnover against Washington, but let's be real. There were two other uh, potential fumbles in that game that BYU could have lost. The games where they've had multiple turnovers, they've lost. So 
it's simple for BYU. Take care of the ball. One other stat I want to mention, this plays into BYU's hands as they get ready to face a top offense like Utah State has tomorrow night, is their red zone opponent red zone score percentage. They're 50th in the country currently. It sits around 78% on the year, and what goes into that is how many of those um, chances in the red zone are converted into touchdowns, field goals, and then uh, turnovers slash turnovers on, turnover on downs. So BYU, top 50 in those metrics are good things. But let's be real. As we've said before, the real stat that BYU fans and any college football fan or any fan in any sport of any team care about is seeing their team have more points at the end of the night or the end of the game than the other team has. And that's what BYU needs to focus on. We'll see how it shakes out. We'll have a preview for you tomorrow, getting ready for the game tomorrow night. Exciting times. The battle for the old wagon wheel. It's a fun game. I know Utah State really buys into it. BYU fans, you should be buying into it because this is a good Utah State team coming to Provo and getting to 4-2 and two versus looking at a 3-3 three and three record. Man, just seems so night and day in terms of what the reaction would be when you think about a win for BYU versus a loss. And that's normal for most games, but this one in particular, considering the season BYU endured a year ago and looking like where they were going maybe earlier this season after upsetting Wisconsin, but also coming back down to earth with the shellacking they took at Washington. All right, that's the show for today. Thank you again for joining us. Reminder that Vivid Seats using the promo code Locked On can save you some money on tickets. Check it out. Go to Vivid Seats and download that app or go to vividseats.com and check that out. Should be a lot of fun and should allow you to save some money maybe if you are interested in such things. Thanks again for downloading the show. It's a blast to bring it to you. Glad we're on Spotify now. Please feel free to reach out with any questions or concerns you may have. I appreciate all the responses as always. You can find us on Twitter, Locked on Cougars. My personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. Also search us out on Facebook. Join the growing community there, Locked on Cougars. And as always, you can email us advertising, questions, anything you want to know about or I can help you out with, hopefully. Check us out. Drop us a line at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On Cougars for October 4th, 2018. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.